And we are live. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Jared the Apocalypse, Nerd Wallace from Podcast at Ground Zero, your home of the apocalypse, for episode number 45, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, tonight is my co-host, Adam Bomb Glancy, plus, I don't know, plus we have three special guests today. We have three audience members, people who have been following the show and uh, expressing interest when I put it out there. Would you like to join us for the conversation? So we have uh, three folks with us today. We have, uh, let's see here, we have Ford. Ford, can you say hi to the folks? Hey, how's it going, everybody? There's Ford. Okay, hi, Ford. And we have Colin. Colin, say hi to everybody. Hey. There's Colin. And we have Chris. And we tell Chris to say hi to everybody, but you're just going to uh, hear him because we have, we have some technical, technical difficulties with his camera. Greetings, all, and from the disembodied voice. <laughs> technical yeah, problems. Voice. Yeah. Technical problems here on gra- podcast at Ground Zero. Say it ain't so. We never, we never, ever, 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 ever have problems. So tonight we are going to be talking about Mad Max Fury Road. So if you're just joining us, yeah. spoiler alert. Okay, we are talking about a movie that is currently in the theaters. If you have not seen the movie and you don't want it to be ruined for you, shut us off now. Do not listen, because we are going to talk about this movie at nauseum, and you're going to find out everything about the movie. And if you we're going to ruin it. We're, we're going to ruin, ruin it. We're going to ruin it, like, never mind. But we're going to ruin it, you know, like your baby, <laughs> like, like, like your babysitter ruined your childhood, okay? But um, I don't know oh, what that's that means. Cool. Ooh, wow, that's, that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> that's dark, Jared. Well, that, that, that's where we go here, okay? And, uh, you know, thank you, Colin. Yes, ruin it like Michael Bay, but you know, we're not going to ruin it that bad, okay? <laughs> but um, Which is what I thought was going to happen with all the explosions. I thought it was, was going to be a Michael Bay explosion, but it didn't. So, okay, so we're going to talk about Man X Again, if you're just joining us, spoiler alert, and that's the last time I'm going to say it. So if you jump in the middle of it and the movie's ruined for you, too fucking bad. Yeah. I said it enough times, okay? We have no um, sympathy. We're even going to put it on the, the, the YouTube video at the front. Spoiler alert. Yeah, in fact, that's, that, that's the name of the episode, episode 45. Fury cool. Road, spoiler alert. Yeah, that's what I, I should have called it. So, All right, so um, uh, the only thing I have... Related uh, to in the news, which I'm not going to go into too much this week because I want to get started on the conversation, was I did come across yet another um, Kickstarter post-apocalyptic um, game, uh, which was called Blackout Journey into Darkness. Uh, he calls it a post-apocalyptic dungeon crawl. You know, it looks interesting. It's you know uses miniatures and tiles and you know she stuff these adventures. Looks looks kind of interesting, you know. I, I threw it on it, and we'll we'll see what, what happens with that. Uh, I I have um. Would, would that I, be a would that be a post apocalyptic bunker crawl? That's uh, a hero quest. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. It seems like a kind of a hero questy kind of uh, hero quest, or what is what's the new modern fantasy flight one? Uh, Descent. Descent. Thank you. Yeah. I guess it's kind of along those lines because uh, it's you know it's got you know you lay out your maps you have your you have your figures you could have a GM you could play solo you could play co-op so it looks interesting is there's definitely been a rash of post-apocalyptic games uh, on Kickstarter lately which is a good thing uh, not all of it's good not all of it's bad you know it's uh, 
Some of, some of it looks interesting. I backed a couple of them myself. <laughs> much, much like the apocalypse itself. Not all of them are awesome. Not all of them are awesome. <laughs> um, Not all of them are awesome. I mean, we've we've already had our worst of show, so we know. And we can always have more worst of. I would show you. I had a couple more things, but I left them downstairs, unfortunately. Um, I I finally got. And I'll show it next time. After it's been like two years since the Marl Project Kickstarter closed. I finally started to get some material from it after a couple of years. I got I got my Morrow Project Challenge coin, so uh, I may have to run downstairs again. You know, so I got I got that. If you if you leave, I'm gonna start telling a doghead story again. Yeah, That's... yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so I so I got my challenge coin, and I got and I got uh, from my Morrow from the Mar uh, Metamorphosis Alpha Kickstarter. They didn't send me the. They did a po 11 by 17 poster of the original cover, mm -hmm. uh, for the, which I got, which I didn't originally get. I noticed that it was missing, so I got that in, so I could hang it up on the wall. So, uh, anyway, that's 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 all I really got. Do you have anything uh, that you noticed, uh, Scott, lately that was interesting to uh, note? No, I, I don't have any. I don't have any apocalypse. I, I was hoping to get out. To, <laughs> I was hoping to get out and see Fury Road this weekend one more time. Uh, and I gotta tell you that there have been very few films that have actually coaxed me into going into a movie theater twice uh, in maybe a decade. I can't remember the last time I, I was actually considering going back and seeing a film again. But my, I had my I had my car apocalypse. As soon as I went out to get in the car with the wife to go see the movie, my car died, which was not a good sign considering the themes we encounter in Fury Road. But okay. Uh, that's the most apocalyptic thing that's happened to me is my car uh, failed me at a critical moment for going to see Fury Road again. So I'll have to rely on my original take on the film. And, not... that, and, and that's fine. So, all right, so here's here's the first thing I'm going to... I want to bring up. Now, I want to get other people's opinions on this because uh, Scott's like, what? Do you even know what I'm going to ask? Oh, yes! Yes, of course I do! It's the thing that's been... It's been... It's the burr under your saddle ever since the film came out and people started blah, blah, blahing on the internet about it. You okay. had one burr under your saddle more okay. than any other. Okay, now, according to Mr. Miller, he has gone way out of his way to make sure that he says repeatedly that this film was not a remake or re-envisioning of the Mad Max franchise. He said if he was uh, with a gun to his head, if he had to place it in the chronology, he would place it maybe 10 years after Beyond Thunderdome. This is what he said, 10, 15 years. And that the other three movies, there's no chronolog there's no order to them, which is absolute fucking bullshit because it was Mad Max, uh, Road Warrior, Thunderdome. It was absolutely in order in that order. There was no oh, there's no uh, uh, chronology to it, which is absolute bullshit. So I am calling him on his bullshit that it is absolutely a fucking remake of the franchise because he does not want to call it a remake, because when you call something a remake... Or a reboot. Or a reboot. A reboot's the thing that I think turns people off. Very turns, and, he want, didn't, and he didn't want people to go. And we could go into further detail later why I feel it is a remake, and that's fine. So uh, I'm going to start with our guest first before we get to you, Scott, because we've, we've kind of talked about it. 
Uh, I'm going to start with Ford. Ford, what is your opinion? Hey. Is it a remake or not? Or a remake? I would say not. Uh, what I saw it as is kind of like uh, Legends and Tales of Old, where in this case it's like, you know, you got your post-apocalyptic thing, everybody's got their trucks settled down or around the fire, and this is another tale of The Man Called Max. Uh, and Thunderdome was another tale of the man called man called Max. Uh, Road Warrior, another tale of the man called Max. These are all tales told like you know legends back in the day. And sure, there may be some kind of chronology to it. There may be some changes here and there with uh, you know um, you know details and, and and embellishments and stuff. And you know it may not quite flow together like we see a modern sort of uh, sort of thing. So when I saw it, I just I, I kind of took it like that, that this is like Wastelander Tales of, of the man called Max, and this is just another tale. Okay, very very valid points, and I do have some similar uh, opinions. Like I do have some agreements with what you said there. Uh, just a quick mm -hmm. thing, guys. Um, if you could, if everybody could just go up to the top of your uh, Google toolbar up there, there is uh, one thing for adjusting your bandwidth. Uh, which is right. It's not. It's not the gear. It's next to the gear. It has like the the way you know, like your Wi-Fi thing. Um, I would just recommend everybody just please be on uh, medium bandwidth. Don't be on the highest bandwidth because it'll affect everybody's connections and we might get a little lag. Okay, just just to try to help keep everybody connected. So thank uh, thank you for it. I appreciate that, Colin. What is your what is your take on that? Um, so. I went into the movie, you know, thinking it's going to be a sequel or something like that, but it's really hard to place it because there's a lot of things in the movie that seem like anachronisms uh, where someone just gave him a giant-ass bucket of money and he's like, I'm going to make a really cool film and throw stuff into it that if it does take place, you know, fourth in the, in the order, uh, there's no way that would still exist. And then in some, in some ways, like you were saying, it seems like a retelling, you know, like someone's behind it. So, I mean, it could be a lot of things because it's not... To me, it wasn't quite clear exactly what the story is. It's kind of open, kind of almost like a, you know the Bible or something. Anybody who wants to read into it can read many things into it. But uh, as far as like all the technology and things into it, it seemed like it would come between the the first movie and the Road Warrior because there's a lot of stuff in this film that doesn't exist in the Road Warrior or in Beyond Thunderdome. Everything looks newer. They've got all kinds of really cool crap all piled together, and it doesn't make sense to me that it's like 50 years after. So that would lead it to either be between the first and second movie or, like you're saying, a complete reboot where he's just reimagined what crap is available in the, you know, the wasteland after the apocalypse at any given moment. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of waffle about it depending on, you know, whatever day of the week it is where I'm remembering watching the movie because it is kind of ambiguous and you can read into it what you want. Uh, absolutely, and I think that's part of how we did, uh, did make that. And... He has said, I, I, I can't find the article again, but there is, because there's so, there's so many articles out there about that, that he has kind of placed it, you know, in pretty, f into the future. It's definitely, uh, I think he'd almost said, I read at one point, like about 40 years after the apocalypse, but then when the apocalypse happened is very interpretive, is it when everything started to break down and we were just kind of in that pre-apocalypse phase like Mad Max or when everything actually finally definitively ended. So. Clearly the apocalypse happened in the early 80s where you wouldn't have those XDs laying around. <laughs> you wouldn't have all the old like, Cadillacs and stuff. So you got this really old stuff and then they throw in that tracked ripsaw vehicle 
you know, just for the hell of it. They got a rubber-tracked tank with a car stuck on top of it, and it's clearly not anything that would last that long after the apocalypse unless you have, you know, thousands of those rubber tank treads laying around that are only good if you're trying not to tear up roads or make a cool vehicle, you know, to use up the bucket of money they gave you. That's true. That's true. All right, thank you, Colin. Now uh, we're going to go to the man with no face, Chris. Chris. <laughs> What is what is your what is your uh, what is your take on the uh, continuation of the story? Is it a reboot? Is it a retelling? What what did what did you what did you feel uh, about the movie? Well, it ultimately comes down to the single biggest star of the movie that isn't in all of them, the V8. Basically, the V8 only appears in the first movie and the Road Warrior, and in the second movie we see it. It disappears. You know, basically gets destroyed. It's never beyond Thunderdome. As a result, Fury Road, just by the, Fury, the fact that we have V8 as at all, it's got to be somewhere between the first movie and the second movie, assuming it's not just an anthology where they just sort of stick it in whatever at this point. Because it only appears, he loses it, and then he gets it back at the end. And it doesn't play a very big you know, theme as far as that's concerned. Very good. Yeah, again, all, again every, everything everybody said is, is, is valid. And I have varying opinion. I had well, how I feel about it takes a little bit from everybody. What everybody said. Now, Scott, thank thank you, Chris. Scott, what is your take on that? So the viewers can know. Um, I'm gonna have to go. I think maybe we talked a little bit about this last time. It's it's absolutely a reboot. It is not a sequel. It is not in the chronology because they, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is, uh, I don't believe it fits into the chronology. Uh, simply because of things like the, uh, not just things like the V8 Interceptor, all right, um, which was sort of our, not just that, but it's also, they reset the characters to zero, all right. Uh, Max, as he appears in Fury Road, is like the Max that we find uh, at the beginning of uh, Road Warrior, okay. Um They've reset that character to this this sort of you know burned out hollow guy who cares only about himself, you know isn't involved with anybody else's uh, goals or aspirations. Uh, he has nothing that he's doing except surviving. He's not living. Um, that's the character at the beginning of Road War. Except even more, he's even more uh, empty than he is at Road War because at least in Road War he has dog, you know. So. He has some kind of companion. Um, there's not even that at the beginning of this. Um, yeah, you, the, the chronology, putting this into the chronology simply fails in every way it can possibly fail. You, it doesn't work because uh, Max's hair is long uh, at the beginning of the film. They cut it off uh, at the beginning of the film. It doesn't work because the V8 Interceptor is back, despite the fact we saw it destroyed in The Road Warrior. Uh, with the self-destruct device. Um, it can't be before that happened because we saw the car get flipped over, resurrected by the war boys, and then crushed into so much kibble between a couple of trucks, just destroyed again in the in the movie. That's not the, you know, th that vehicle did not come back. Right? It does not come back from that. And the idea of finding another last of the V8 interceptors is particularly insulting. Um the, the film is a reboot because it is filled with tips of the hat to the old films that do not chronologically fit in. 
like the music box, like the double-barreled shotgun. That's not Max's at the beginning of Fury Road. It's just something that turns up laying on the ground uh, during the course of the film. It's in one of the War Boys' cars, I guess, um, that gets flipped over. Um, but well, let, it, let me... Let me that, that, that sawed-off shotgun was his iconic sidearm for the first film and the second film. Well, right? let, me, well, let, me, let me counter that. Uh, not that I want to play devil's advocate, but I will, is we only saw him briefly before he got in the car and took off and it crashed. It could have very well have been in the car and somebody could have taken it from him. Yes, because, it, could also, it could have also been put there by reptoids, but we didn't see that either. So unless they show it to me on the goddamn screen, it didn't happen. I, okay? I, I, I'm just saying, because remember, you know, because he was the blood bag for that one guy, and he was obsessed with all his stuff. And he took, yes, he took his jacket. But at the same time, I'd have to go back and see the beginning of the film and see if it's on his belt when he uh, boot heels the lizard at the beginning. Maybe it was, but I didn't see it. Also, it's not it, it can't fit into the chronology because the girl they show getting killed is not the age I mean she's like eight years old. She's like six to eight years old when they do his flashbacks. His his daughter was an infant, right? Or a toddler? How old was that kid? Yeah. Son. Oh, and yeah. even better, it was a son. I forgot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's and they've done a gender swap on his lost family member. They've aged it eight years. Uh, the, she died in a way almost completely unconnected to the death in Mad Max. This is a complete... Well, she, she got run over by a, a vehicle. That's the only similarity. Yes, yeah. Uh, and so the, 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 there's, it is absolutely a reboot. It's a, they're starting over from zero as far as I'm concerned, and that's fine. I don't really... I mean, it's been 30 years. What the hell? Um, I don't really have a problem with them starting over at zero. I just was sort of, you know... I don't know, uh, uh, bored and uh, by the whole desperate attempt to fit it into the chronology, like it's got to be like, it's like the Star Wars saga, it's all going to fit together. Well, guess what? That shit doesn't fit together either. You know, it wasn't planned from the beginning either. Uh, so neither is this. And I'm perfectly happy accepting Fury Road as it stands on its own merits. But the, the weird sort of, you know... Uh, fan genre nerd game of trying to make it all fit together, um, like we try, like back in the '90s when we tried to pretend that the X Files made sense and that all the episodes were connected. No, they weren't. They were completely made up uh, on the draw by a team of writers who did one episode, one monster the week after another. And you know, in, in a certain sense, this film's the same way. It's it's just uh, starting over from scratch. And you know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just a little insulted they tried to hide it from us. Well, and, and I agree, and it's not just the fanboys trying to make the connection, especially with the fanboy theory out there about how it's the uh, the the the, uh, the feral the feral kid. Yes, well, that Max Max well, is the well, feral child. Yeah, well, 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 we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah, I know, I know. Um, uh, are you are you guys have you guys seen that theory out there that it's that it's yeah. the, the feral child? Ford, uh, call it. Chris, have you read that, seen that? Yeah, I'm afraid I haven't, and it sounds kind of wrong in a couple of levels here, ultimately. <laughs> how, about every, how about every level? Every level. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But... Colin, uh, what were yeah. you about to say, Colin? I won't buy it unless uh, Lucas gets in there and adds in a CGI metal boomerang, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, man. That could be Jar Jar Binks. Oh. 
You say the devil's name, he will appear. Okay, so just don't jinx us like that. So, uh, so, so, so we definitely have a mix of opinions, and and that's good, you know, because you know we all can't have the same opinions, you know. But uh, shut up, Scott. But, <laughs> but I'm just, so, I, I just saying that the reason this episode's happening is because somebody expressed an opinion on the internet, and you read it, and that that aggression will not stand, man. Well, no, well, no, it's just, it's just, I, well, no, I felt it was a hot topic because a lot of people are talking about there's a. There's a lot of, here's the cars, here's the this, here's the that, here's the this, here's that baby, here's this theory. So I figured it was a pretty hot topic, and it fits into what we talk about. So I figured, okay. hey, let's, let's talk about the movie. So I, I am in Scott's camp about that I absolutely, and it's insulting, again, that Miller won't pony up that it is, that it is a reboot. I absolutely think it's a reboot of the franchise. And that's, again, that's fine. Um, because it is basically a retelling of, you know, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, because they took all the major elements that were in that movie, and they added other themes and other stories. You know, you got your bad warlord, you have somebody seeking redemption, because a lot of the movie's really not, it's not really about Max. It's really about the other characters, and that's fine. Max, Max seems almost incidental in, in, in the story. But, you know, the music box, he has the car, he gets it destroyed, he gets, you know, taken... Uh, uh, they have the chase scene with, with the tanker, all those same elements. He's kind of retelling the, the story. And, again, that's fine because it's, it's been 30 years. Um, it's a new generation. There's so many people, a lot of these people, you know, take, you take your average 16-year-old to 20-year-old, have they ever seen any of the movies? You know, unless they really, unless they're really, you know, really into geek, so probably not, you know. But this is a way to get a movie oh. out. Listen, sir. I've been I've been hearing from people left, right, and center who only just saw Road Warrior, the second film, yeah. um, this year. As as Fury Road's gearing up, people have gone out, going out and seeing it for the first time. And I can't even imagine a world where you haven't you are in North America or Europe or Australia, and you have not seen. Road Warrior. That doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I mean, I, I saw it in the theaters when it came out, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. But so it's definitely again, my, it's a reboot. I also, if I wanted to say, okay, if it's not a reboot, it definitely doesn't fit in the chronology. And I kind of, you know, could also go with the opinion that Ford had said that it's kind of somebody telling the story of Max, their remembrance of Max, because. Maybe think of it as this. Maybe that Mad Max is become a genre, like a Western. It's like the Mad Max films. And he's the only maybe con consistent character, kind of like the man with no name from the Clint Eastwood films. I was, didn't you also throw out Bond, that there cannot be continuity in Bond because... Nope. Yeah, it can't be continuity and bond either because you're just changing who it is. But but it's a continuing story with different people, so it's kind of like retelling that story, or like, you know, for a fistful of dollars, two dollars more. Those movies they're not connected; they're just different stories about that character, and that could be the case as well. But they definitely they don't fit in the original. They do not fit at all in the three movies that happened for sure. So it's now he's just kind of telling stories of Mad Max, and it has to be a separate. You have to you have to divide it. You can't you can't link those to the other movies because there's no connectivity between them at all. So now he's just telling stories, and we'll see what happens. You know, I think they're trying to greenlight another movie 
let's see what happens. Is the next movie going to be a direct descendant of Fury Road, or is it just going to be another story about Mad Max that has no connection to Fury Road? Time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, um, George Miller didn't let us down on this one. I mean, good one, Colin. Uh, prequel. We can always see the prequel, you know? <laughs> never yes, the, yeah, except the prequel will be all about Furiosa and how she lost that arm, you know? <laughs> Max, Max, whatever. Um, certainly, I would I'd be perfectly happy with stories set in that world that had no connection to Max. Oh, that, that, yeah, that, that, would, that would be fine, you know? You know that that would be um, that would be fine. It's it's an interesting post-apocalyptic world uh, that they created, e both the the first one and this new one. Because let's be honest, holy shit, was there a lot more radiation as part of the story than there ever was? In any oh, yeah. they made one joke about radiation in Bar in uh, in Thunderdome. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, the, the the whole the whole story of radiation and fallout and the effects on the human body were huge as part of this one. Absolutely. So, um, you know, what else it reminded me of Jared. Uh, this film reminded me of uh, Fallout Three, uh, the one set in DC, because it was a reboot. Uh, in some ways, Fallout Three is it was an attempt to take the the, the some of the previous games, like Fallout 1, 2, and Tactics, and distill them all down and re-summarize them for the, for the players, right? So you got your sort of tutorial in the world of Fallout as it existed on PCs, uh, you know, except in the format of a, a console game. That's good. So uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about that take on it, Ford? Ford. To yeah. lose Ford? Yeah. No, I'm here. <laughs> well, um, I apparently fell asleep while I was talking, which I could understand. No, no, I'm just I'm thinking about that. Okay. Kyle, I tend you... to agree. It... Yeah, I tend to agree. Mr. Boyd? Yeah, it makes sense. Again, I think it's it's pretty ambiguous. I mean, you, you can't really... You know, you can't really go one way or the other. You guys, everybody can make a compelling argument for just about anything with this, which aggravates me in many ways. I just, I want it to be one way or the other, and <laughs> it's just not. I mean, they're, they're like you, you guys said. There's all the anachronisms from the, you know, the earlier films. They're, you know, pointing out the little, you know, the hat nods too, and and then just other pieces that just absolutely do not fit. So. Yeah, it's a reboot, or like you know, it was brought up, it's somebody telling the story, and they're getting little things wrong, because who really cares if it was a son that was toddling around, run over by bikers, or if it was a, a little girl that was run over by this giant-ass cool truck in a much more interesting exactly. way to tell the story. Exactly. So, I mean, it could be anything. And George Miller is not helping, because he's giving hundreds and hundreds of interviews where he's just a little bit different on each one. You know what would have been awesome is... Uh... Road Warrior is obviously told by the feral child. And at the end of Thunderdome, your your summation is given by... The girl. Uh, the girl whose name is escaping me. Uh, I can't remember her name. But if the, if the narration at the beginning had not been Max, you know, had been... If the narration at the beginning had been Furiosa, and then she had been the bookend for it, that would have mm -hmm. that would have completely sold me on Ford's theory, that it's people 
telling their story of how they encountered Max and getting it slightly different every single time. That would have been sort of perfect if she had been the bookend, the framing device. Well, ultimately, he's become an urban myth in a post-apocalyptic world. He's a mysterious man that comes in, does stuff, and leaves, not leaving a trace. Like the man with no name and all those Clint Eastwood yeah. stories, he just comes in and does what he has to do. And again, I'm fine with that, and I, and I understand Colin's frustration about how it's so ambiguous. Because you know how we are. We want answers. We want it to be lined up. we got to have it in a, in a row. And I know I've read some people are like, why does it have to be like that? Because that's how we are. But it's too, you're right, Colin. It's too open for interpretation. And you could talk to ten different people, and every single person will have a different take on on the movie, on, on it. You know, and that's like you said, that's frustrating. But you know what? Maybe that was Mr. Miller's master plan. Yeah, it's really no different than the old tales. Exactly. So. All right. Well, so, you know, you know, right off the bat, let's go back to one of everybody's famous old books. Uh, doesn't doesn't the Old Testament Genesis start off by telling how the world was made, and then gets done with that version, and then immediately starts over and tells a different version about how the world was made? Aren't there like two different versions of Genesis in Genesis? You know, uh, if we can, if if they can, if the Bible can get away with it, roughly. George Miller can can get away with it. Absolutely. Okay, so, all right, so so now we've all okay. So we got some bases there. Now let's 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 hit some uh, some baseline questions here. Uh, again, on this because the way I'm seeing on the screen, I'm seeing Ford, Colin, and Chris. Starting with Ford. Yes. Ford, favorite character in in the Fury Road film. I like Furiosa, but I'll have to say, uh, not necessarily character, but characters. I liked the old ladies. The old ladies there. Oh, I mean, hell yeah. It was just a total, to, to, total mind-blowing to see. I mean, we see all these old, you know, veteran guys out there, you know, shotguns and rifles and stuff. To see uh, that sort of sort of idea in a uh, female sense, was just, I felt that was pretty darn cool. And and they, from what I read, they all did their own stuff, too. Yes. You know, a lot of their own stunts, yes. too. And rode motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Cool, and I, I thought that was the the best part, just, just all, all that cast of, of uh, I mean, I've, I, as I recall, I've seen some of the actresses in, in other roles here and there, bits and bits and pieces, uh, but just to have that, that conglomeration there of, of um, you know, the old veteran guard it's left the, over, and it's, in, in, in this it, time, it, it's, it's, it's women, not, 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 not men. It's, it, it deadly grannies. Yeah. It, was, it was a yes. pack of deadly grannies. Oh, in a good way. Yeah, not cheesy, yeah. in a good way. Well, that's apocalypse. what I like about it. Razor, thank you, Chris. There Grant. you go. Or, or we can equate it back to uh, we can make a Monty Python reference. You know, Hell's Grannies from that one episode. You know, <laughs> nice. There you go. Put the kettle on. Because <laughs> that was the first thing. I, when you started talking about that, I could picture them on their little motor scooters down the streets. Yeah, yeah totally. But. Uh, <laughs> Because I like making references to Monty Python, the TV show, not the Holy Grail, which that's the only thing anybody ever quotes. Because you're old school. Old that's, school. That's right. So. Old school nerd. Colin. Mr. Mr. Boyd. Favorite favorite character or characters? Yeah, I liked a lot of 
the way that the things are portrayed. Like, I like the little old ladies. Uh, everything about them, I like the fact that they're using muskets and things. So I think he put yes. more thought into them yes. than he put into a lot of the other characters. And then <laughs> it's these little technical aspects that draw me back out and piss me off. So they're all riding these old motorcycles that would be around. And then someone goes cruising by in a brand-new motorcycle with an extended rear fork, and it just it annoys the crap out of me. So they threw a bunch of, you know old-timey burlap sacks and shit all over it, but it still had that brand-new motorcycle fork underneath, and it just pissed me off. So it's, it's little things like that that would grab me in this film and, you know, ruin it. I like, you know, the warlords, but each one of them would have something that just would piss me off and pull me out of the film and, and just make me just rage for no reason at all. So it's just, I don't know. You're a man after our own heart, Colin. I know. I, it's like I, I, I think Colin's actually worse than I am about You're that looking, stuff. It's, it's like looking in the mirror, Jared. <laughs> Oh so my I, I have to ask. I have to ask. What was it about the uh, each warlord? It was this, the thing that would pull you out after they started to establish the warlord. Um, it would either be the vehicle or something in the surroundings. You know, it's like he goes to find, you know, when, when Morton Joe goes to find his missing women, he's got a giant-ass bank safe up in that mountain. It's like, what the hell, you know, I, that, I couldn't believe that. Fine, a, a, a riveted iron door, a piece of wood, a stack of corpses that are all wired together, fine, but not a bank safe yanked up into that mountain. It's just... <laughs> well, well, in their defense, they were hauling giant trucks. He just, trucks the, he just twisted it and opened it. I mean, he just twisted it, not even locked. It's like, gee, you really think they're in there if it's not locked? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so, they're yeah. all surprised. Oh, they're gone. And there's this little old lady here who's pointing a gun at me for no reason. You know, it, like she's going to not use it. It's like, why give her if, You know, why give her a gun if she's not going to use it? Sure, you're showing the gun, but she didn't use it. It was just dumb. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I, I, was, I was thinking it would be a really short movie. He walked into that bank safe, and she blew him all over it, you know? She it could have fizzled <laughs> out. He could have taken it to the arm. You know, it could have, you know, bounced off of his fake muscles that they're trying to hold, hide a really old-ass guy with so the, the, the people that are following him think he's immortal. I Something like other than they're shooting straight up. You know, it, it could have been anything. That could have been armored, you know, whatever, transparent aluminum or whatever the hell that stuff was. But no, yeah. she shoots into the ceiling and then they just, you know. So it's just I little like things it. like that. He had 30 years to not make mistakes that would piss me off because that's why he made this film. It's for me. And, you know, every few minutes it, it would make me angry. All right, I like the armor. I like the fake muscular armor to hide the saggy fat, cancerous <laughs> yeah. body. That shit that goes all the way back. You see that in the Middle Ages. There's a suit of Henry VIII's armor uh, up in the Tower of London, which has got this giant gut on it, right? And it's just yeah. enormous yeah, armor. Right. But it's got this cod piece that is like, you know, this big around and like two feet long so that his dick sticks out beyond his enormous bloated belly. Seeing that and then seeing a Morton Joe's armor with the, the mask and the whole nine yards, that worked for me. You know, the idea that he would have the, the fake suit to look tougher, you know. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it wasn't against the suit. I'm just saying it could have been bulletproof and she could have at least shot him with it. And that would, have been, that would have been even better... Because then the suit would have had multiple purposes. Right, and if you she know? was alive that long, you'd figure she'd be just a little harder of a person because no woman is going to survive in the apocalypse, you know, that long unless they're super hot and kept in an unlocked bank vault 
or B, they're able to kill people. I thought, um, now, she didn't well, shoot at the ceiling. What, didn't he knock the barrel up into the ceiling? Yeah, because she didn't have enough sense to pull the trigger. When to pull the trigger. 30 when feet was, away, 40 yeah. feet away, 10, not, yeah. Got it. All right. All right. Gotcha. I'm going to go back and ask Colin again what he thought about the other warlords. Yeah, let's, let's, let's circle they back were, to that. They let's, were let, me talk, let me talk to Chris. Okay. So okay. We, we, we want to we hear Chris's. Well, Chris, what was your favorite character or characters in the film? This is like picking diamonds out of sapphires at this point. The heroes, the villains, the various characters, the side characters, heck, the even cars. the artifacts. Oh, heck yeah. Heck, the oh. buildings. No, no, vehicles are going to be a whole separate question. Okay, okay oh, fair enough. Sure. Okay. But if I had to pick one, there's no doubt in my mind, it's a character that is not really a hero, not really a villain, but he sold the show, the Doof Warrior. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Dude, wow. he brought metal. No more needs to be said. <laughs> uh, I, I am 100% in agreement with Chris. I just love that fight. He didn't do anything. But I love that fucking character because the insanity of a, of Joe that you know what I'm gonna bring my soundtrack with me. They made this giant rig of drums with air conditioning ducts to channel the sound and the guitar, the flames, and like you'd be like you'd hear music in the background like yeah, like it's the soundtrack to the movie. And then you see the car pull up and he's actually playing it. It wasn't like <laughs> and it's shooting fire. Fire, I tell you. Yeah, it was it was it was great because it wasn't yeah. just you know like oh we're like we're hearing the incidental music of the soundtrack. No, they're bringing the soundtrack with not, them. Not to mention he's in long he's in red long johns, you know, with his <laughs> suspended from what looks like what? Um, it was like bungee cords. Bungee cords. He's suspended. His feet aren't on the ground. He's wearing red video. long johns, and he's got he's blindfolded, and his whole face looks like it's been burned off. I mean, he was blind, as you saw later. Mm -hmm. you know? I remember, like, am I wrong, or do I remember no lips and just teeth sticking out of that guy? Yeah, yeah he was, was, he, was all, he was all fucked up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. purposes, it was the retirement plan. He really leave didn't get anything else. Leave it yeah. to Morton Joe. Clearly, a Morton Joe state, you know, has a place for the handicapped. They don't just leave him out in the desert. When they lose their eyesight, they teach them an important skill, you know. The they guitar. Keep them employed. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think we're. I think we're really undervaluing Morton Joe's contributions to wasteland civilization here. Oh yeah, but then, uh, yeah. the the I just like I said, I just loved it because he because he was he was he was the bard, you know. He was he was he was giving everybody plus plus five to hit, you know, because he was yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> And worse, he was like Jaws themed. When he was coming, you knew they weren't far behind. Oh, <laughs> thank you for that. I, I got the soundtrack, and I was hoping there'd be just some tracks with just him playing the guitar, but unfortunately, there's not. I just want him play the music that he just what he just the guitar and the drums. That's all I want to hear. I don't want to hear all the other incidents. Incidentals. I just want to hear that fucking metal guitar with the flames. Oh yeah! Oh hell yeah! <laughs> but they have they yeah. haven't they haven't helped me out with that yet. So I'm kind of hoping. don't worry. This is the internet. There are people out there right now working on this for you. Thank that you. Are, that have got a hold of the recording and are stripping the layers out <laughs> right now so they can put it up on some file share of just the. The Doof Warriors' greatest hits, the Doof Warriors' Christmas album. Don't worry, it's 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 coming. 
You know, uh, I, 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 I wait with anticipation. Uh, maybe the Doof Warrior can. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes. Van Halen's yeah, YouTube. He should go yeah. on tour. Oh my God. Okay, you know what? He could go on tour because you know what? Fucking um, what's his name? I can't remember this fucking name from um, from Metalocalypse. Who formed Death Clock? Oh, good lord! Fucking uh, uh, Brendan. Uh, explosion. Uh, Brandon Small. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Small. Brandon Small. Yes. Brandon Small <laughs> created fucking de- uh, you know Metalocalypse. Created Death Clock. Played the music. Sang the songs. If he can fucking go on tour, and by the way, I've seen Death Clock play twice. Thank you. And. Um, <laughs> I have seen them play twice, and it was a fantastic experience. If if that fictional fucking band could play, the Doof Warrior could go on tour. Oh, um, I want I, I want I'm the in. Doof Warrior at the Budokan. I mean, that's I think that, that's the only answer. Live Premier at the Premier McDragon Con in Atlanta. Exactly. you would cram that city tight with 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 people just there. Coming to see the Doof War. I mean, that. So the goes so the Doof Warrior goes on tour. Town Atlanta cleared out. So the Doof Warrior goes on tour. Are we all in? Are we all going? Oh hell yeah! Oh, hell yeah! And all yeah. I gotta say is two words: Roadshow. Roadshow. Yeah. Roadshow. Oh, it'll, it'll be like Jim Rhodes almost. Yeah, but the concession stand is gonna be female breast milk, so I'm not sure how that's gonna work out. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> well, uh, well, Max sure liked it. <laughs> We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If we're gonna be able to get to it. We're just going off on some tangents here. So, Scott, favorite character? Um, that's tough. Uh, favorite character is tough. Um, I, as much as I was, uh, it, Tom Hardy did fine, but I gotta admit, uh, Tom did not did not bring it the way Gibson did back in the day. In and he's 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 weaker in Mad Max and he's weaker in Thunderdome, but that performance in Road Warrior is really tough to beat. That you know, that you know, two days ago I saw a tank that had hold that rig. You know that that line where he lays it out. Where here's the rest of the movie. If you want to get out of here, talk to me. That was a great. That was a great moment. Uh, yeah. And Gibson uh, really managed to sell that. He managed to sell being broken, perhaps because he is more broken than perhaps we realize. But um, <laughs> he uh, he sold being broken. He oh, sold oh, being... We only knew back then what we know now yeah. about him. Right? You know, um, that uh, amazing relationship with him and Bruce Spence. Somebody I was sorry not to see in this. I, I would have loved to have seen mm-hmm. Bruce Spence show up, show up and do something. I don't know. Um, so, uh, it's, so, this, so this movie... Uh, it's it's tough because um, uh, nobody really reached out and grabbed me. Uh, on uh, I mean, yeah, uh, Furiosa was interesting. Uh, the grannies were ama- were really interesting. Um, I'll tell you what I was impressed by was the. Uh, I'm not sure if I chose his favorite character because. Uh, it maybe have more to do with like favorite what to do with a character. I loved that they took the most pregnant of Immortan Joe's wives, uh, that she used herself as a human shield at one point, 
to keep Immortan Joe from killing uh, Furiosa. And then they fucking killed her five seconds later. I mean, uh, when that door comes off the car and she goes under the truck, that was that was a signal that, guess what? Anyone can die. We could kill anyone in this movie. And we're, we ran over a pregnant woman. What else are we going to do to you, you know? And I really felt that that really that really worked for me is is where they took a character, they attempted to make the character you know interesting or attractive, or have them do something brave or gutsy, and then bam, killed them. Um, that impressed me a lot. Um, honestly, I, I I I was sort of enjoying the bullet farmer, who was one of the two warlords. Um, mm. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted pulling, to see pulling, pulling the bullets out of his fucking gums. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to see from that guy was he was the only guy to complain about this fucking plan, where he says all this over a family squabble. Um, what I was thinking it was going to turn into, and sadly it didn't, which is why I was a little disappointed in the characters. I was waiting for somebody to just fucking rebel against Immortan Joe and say, "We're not doing this anymore. We're you know." We're down 50 bodies and 10 cars, and, you know, fuck it. We're out, you know, and cause some sort of, uh, you know, internal strife or have to have, have, to have that put down or, 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 you know, something like that. Because I'm always happy when villains stop being suicidal maniacs and go, you know what, fuck this. I have so many better places to be than this. Well, that would and, be beyond Thunderdome anti-entity when she finally said, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like, well... I, yes, since I can't, you know, there, I, there's nothing I'm going to get out of killing you. Fuck it, I'll, I'm not concerned anymore. But um, so, so, so again, what is your answer? Or you I'm going to go with. <laughs> I, I don't really have a good answer. I'm going to have to go with. I, I really thought that. Uh, you have, you have a gun to your head. You have a gun. Uh, the gun to my head. I'm going to have to go with. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to go with. Um, Immortan Joe, because he was an interesting warlord. Um, also, the to- also the toe cutter in a previous film. Yes, of mm-hmm. course. I mean, it, it helped that they he uh, brought it, gave us a little continuity. But I, I like I like the idea that they took an old decaying warlord, not Lord Humongous, not Wes, not the toe cutter, not somebody at the top of their game, but somebody who's at the, the they're sliding into decrepitude, and it's only going to get worse. They're only going to be weaker. They're only going to be you know. As as bad guys go, I like that. You don't usually see where the villain is previously a badass, but is now falling apart. You know. So I thought I, I, I was really happy with the, the the concept of Immortan Joe and all of his plans, all of his evil plans made a lot of sense logically and 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 and, and, and eternally, even going after the women. Uh, well, on the grounds that he's desperately trying to create a a dynasty that isn't dying of you know isn't dying of uh, cancer. Oh yeah, well, well, Chris, uh, Chris just said that uh, the death of the pregnant woman is the death of hope because yeah. that's the, that's like you, like you just said that's their hope is we need more babies, we need healthier babies because the war boys they're just you can just write them off because they're they're just they have a shelf life. You know? Yeah, it Not is. Like yes. work. Yeah, but uh, okay. So next question, because I was trying to get you know uh, get, like a lot of quick questions. 
favorite vehicle because this movie is about vehicles. There's a lot of vehicles. There's a lot of driving vehicles and jumping vehicles and exploding vehicles and musical vehicles and badass vehicles. Ford, favorite vehicle in the film? Oh, it's got to be the tanker. The tanker, yeah, followed by the uh, chase trucks with the uh, guys on the pendulums there going down, grabbing people. Okay. <laughs> the truck, well, okay. The truck as a whole. Yeah, I will talk about the guy. I'll talk about the Circus Soleil guys when I bring up the question of the, the thing yeah. you hated most about the film. So, all right. <laughs> so, so that's your right. uh, But the um, truck, the definitely the, the, the truck. The, the truck was badass. I loved, I loved the part when the fucking engine was on fire and they dropped yes. the cow catcher yes. and it kicked the sand up over the fucking engine to put out the fucking fire. That was fucking awesome. Totally yep. fucking awesome. That's what I liked yeah. a lot about this film. There was a lot of smart shit in this film, along with the dumb shit, which yes. you know Kama points I out. Agree. But, but there was a there was a lot of smart Sand in your engine doesn't put out a fire. It just clogs up your your uh, yeah. air filters and or gets into the carburetors and everything else through those really cool blowers and, and it kind of gives you other small problems. Small, but it was still fucking but it was still fucking cool though. Right, right. Yeah. Cool, yes. If we go with cool rather than you know something that pisses me off, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a metal moment. Let's leave it at that. It was quite metal. He's it was, got you. It, it, it was. It was very metal. It was, it was brutal. Cause um, totally brutal. But um, it um, yeah, of course you know because you get the sand in the carburetor. Carburetor doesn't work. You know, because yeah. the same thing with they're throwing gasoline down the carburetor to get mixed. That, that actually works. It's yeah, stupid yeah. to do as a person who doesn't want to be poisoned, but that really does work. Until oh, yeah. you set the whole truck or car on fire, which I've been a party to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, well, that, well, that, well, that's how blowers work. Blowers forces more air into the car into the carburetor because the more air you have, the more horsepower you can get. And then I guess adding the uh, the fire, the the uh, the gasoline to it gives you even more horsepower. But like you said, it'll. Fuck was it gasoline or was it starter fluid? I mean, well, it was gasoline. They were spitting more gas in, so you got more gas going in than the vehicle can put in on its own. Yeah. That's basically what that is. And it's cool until you get gas that's kind of, you know, flowing in the air, burning onto the engine, and then something else sets it on fire. And now your yes. engine's on fire. Yeah, because normally, Scott, you're limited by the fuel that's coming through the uh, the jets, you know, that come through. So you have a limited amount of fuel that's going into the cylinders. By putting more fuel into the carburetor, it's getting more fuel into the cylinders, so it's giving it more gas for bigger explosions for more power. Mm -hmm. But then, like Colin said, it's going to float around. It's just gonna fuck you up, you know. It's like basically write your engine off if you're gonna do that. So, all right. So, thank you, Ford, Colin. Yeah. Favorite vehicle. So my favorite vehicles. I like the motorcycles except for that one, and I really <laughs> liked. I really liked the little dune buggies with the spikes and shit all over them because I could actually picture building that for myself after the apocalypse. None of the other shit. The truck was cool, you know, the, the rig that they're driving around, but none of the other ones felt reasonable to me to something I would be using to, like, you know, impale people driving, you know, through Ann Arbor, Michigan after the apocalypse. <laughs> now, uh, side note about the, the vehicle with all the spikes on it, the, the, amount, the amount of spikes on that vehicle was the same amount of spikes that, are, uh, that is on an Australian porcupine. Now, why why they thought that was important for us to know, I don't know, but they they have established. Yes. Just interesting little factoid. You, know, you got to get some technical things right. 
yeah. <laughs> and when you have your priorities straight, then you know everybody knows. <laughs> they make you call it, Chris. Chris, what is your what was your favorite vehicle? Well, ultimately, I think the best vehicles have already been spoken for, so instead I will take over other tactics when it comes down to that there. I loved how these basically shoestring bandits kept dropping firebombs because they basically had nothing. Basically, off their doom, but when they went through the first, second part of the ravine, and they were trying to get away from the actual rig there, it wasn't so much a cool vehicle because, let's be honest, you could probably find those things for relatively dirt cheap, but it was kind of awesome how they tried to use that to slow down, well, the war rig. You mean the um, the, the, the the guys on the motorcycles where they yeah. jump over? And, yeah, I, I really like those stunts, and I really like the use of the, of the handheld the, off. Yeah. The, the, mo the motocross guys that they hired to do the stunts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suicidal, but heck, it's the apocalypse. It's to be expected. Um, yeah. Yes, it is. Um, Scott, favorite vehicle? That's tough. I, I have a... I, I have a... a I was very charmed by the Peacemaker, even though it is one of the least practical vehicles in the film. Um, the uh, the vehicles that I liked the most were the ones that had the least amount of vehicle in a vehicle. I mean, it was like, you know, I heard you like Cadillacs, so I put some Cadillac in your Cadillac, bitches. And I, I, I got a little tired of some of those. What? Vehicles. What? The only thing cooler than a Cadillac is two Cadillacs put together. Okay. Yeah. Th those those kind like of more Cadillac with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that, there was that, and they did that also <laughs> with the, the rig. It was uh, one thing was at a time. Yeah, they sort of had two cabs welded together into that into that rig, the war rig, I guess you'd call it. Um, yeah. Uh, I realize how impractical the peacemaker would be with those uh, rubberized treads wearing out right away, essentially. Um, but I did really enjoy the uh, the muscle car that they, they put over the top of the frame. Um, the um, the uh, the cars that I thought were the sort of the most interesting ones were the ones that I, I guess I'm going to call it the Lancer vehicles, where they had the guy out front uh, on the outside of the vehicle using contact explosives on the ends of poles to mm. disable other vehicles. Um, that whole idea. That worked for me. That 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 was it was yeah it was super crazy, but um, I liked the idea of the contact explosives, the exploding spears. I liked the guy out on the end of it being the gunner while somebody else is the pilot for the vehicle. I thought those vehicles. I guess that's the vehicle driven by Nooks, but there were several other vehicles similar to that. I guess I'm just going to call them the Lancers. Those were those were some of the most interesting vehicles um, in the whole thing. I can't say the last of the V8 Interceptors because they never gave it an opportunity to strut its stuff in the movie. Yeah. Ever. That was probably the biggest disappointment. Hey, there's a V8, and it's gone. And gone. then here it is again, yeah. and it's gone again. It's gone. And, and if they had let the V8, if they had taken that opening sequence and let Max show that he was a badass before they caught him, and show what the V8 Interceptor could do, I think I'd be a lot happier. I'm happy, but I can always be happier. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I yes, I'm would. i I'm always going to default to the last of the V8 Interceptors. You know, because that fucking Falcon, I, I, want, I want to get the... I wish I had the money to pay the company that does the conversions and sends them over to the United States, because I would fucking have one, uh, but I don't have that kind of money. 
Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, it's because um, I know I know. Remember reading up about about ten years ago, it was about fifty thousand dollars to do that. So I'm sure it's even more now. But um, you know, at the time, fifty was not a terrible price for something like for something no. like that. Yeah, not really. A total custom job. I mean, they make the because they make they make the conversion kits. It's just it's a matter of just getting the vehicle and then have paying somebody to do the work for you. But uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say you know, honorary mention. It's going to be the four, uh, you know, the last of the eight interceptors because I just love that fucking car to death. But it wasn't in the movie enough. So if I had to say another vehicle, you know, I could say something like, "What about that weird giant rig that the spike car people had that had the fucking crane on it that was tearing the cars apart?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know which which was really fuck really fucking cool, but uh, you know that's a that's again another close uh, close second. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my with the theme for my favorite character. I'm gonna have to go with the with the Doof Warriors fucking transport. The oh fucking hell yeah! The fucking <laughs> the metal truck with the speakers and the drums and the flames because it was so ridiculous. And so impractical and so over the top. I just fucking loved it. I just thought it was fan fucking tastic. That <laughs> that know? did yeah. not look like the kind of vehicle you wanted to take a turn at more than five miles an hour in it before it just flopped mm. over. Oh, it was it was good in straight lines, just like the whole movie. All the vehicles, we, everything's great in straight lines because that's what we can really do with these things because they're not practical vehicles. <laughs> you know? No. All right. No, they really weren't. So I'm gonna stick with the, with the I'm gonna stick with the metal theme uh, for the vehicle. Now uh, let's throw some other questions out here because I kind of mentioned it before. Uh, now when I get to you, Colin, you're only allowed to say one thing, okay, <laughs> about this, okay? Because we know you have a list, like you know, that would rival Santa's naughty list, okay? Now uh, Ford, what was yeah. your le what was your least favorite thing about the movie? Hmm. It's tough. I'll have to. Um, I have to agree with a couple other people that uh, uh, that I saw the movie with that uh, a little bit more dialogue. They're kind of explaining things or some of the back backstory, kind of some of the, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more character interaction and stuff. Uh, would would have would have kind of like put it up a little little bit more. Well, that and of course. You don't see much of the V8 Interceptor, and you know that's what we're all coming for. You know, us old old guys who've been into Mad Max, and it's like we see it for a little bit, then it's gone, and then you know, same thing later on. Um, those are about my, my my two big complaints about the whole thing there. If you want to say you know down downside of the movie, and then uh, but I've, I've and I, I agree with your points there because a lot of people have said about, about the dialogue in the film, but then of course I've read all over the internet about how they're saying how oh. Well, the movie just tells its story, and you don't—they didn't need to. They, they well, would it does to a degree. They, they would give you the hints and they would tell you the things, but still, a, a, a little more information <laughs> would have been helpful. So you didn't have yes. to like. So you didn't have to like be like, oh, let me try to figure this out while I'm trying to enjoy the movie. You know, just a little, mm. little more hints would have been a little nicer. I agree. Help, help it smooth it out a little bit more, so that, you know you're catching along with what's going on rather than having to take a moment to go, oh, okay, that's what's happening. You know. At, at two hours long, I guess we're all waiting for it to come out on DVD with the director's cut that's going to throw an extra, what, 30, oh, yeah. 30 50, minutes? 50 hours or something they recorded. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you for it. Uh, Colin? Uh, so I won't talk about technical aspects, but I think 
that car chase could have used another thirty minutes of story. Like he said, you know, there was there would have been it would have been better if there was a little more to the story at the beginning, um, or some pieces in the middle where they told a little more about things that are going on, not just okay, yeah. it's a two hour car chase with a little bit of story here and there. Agreed. He's already done that. Exactly. He's already done that with the Road Warrior, with the big chasing. Again, more to my defense of how he's kind of retelling the story. He's retelling that same story because he's doing the same thing. Now, mind you, at the end of Beyond Thunderdome, they have another chase scene which seemed labored. They just kind of threw it in just to have a car chase scene, but that's that's a discussion for another show. Uh, <clears throat> So, all right, thank you, Colin. Yeah, agreed. Uh, great, and again, a lot of the, the technical things, but again, you know, uh, you know, to be fair, you know, kind of, you got to give a little suspension of disbelief. But I agree with you that sometimes it's very difficult to let go of that suspension of disbelief, especially when it's yeah. like, like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Okay, that's too much. You well, any time the filmmaker strays into your area of expertise, uh, that's the one that's always going to derail you. Um, yeah. and pull you out of what you're enjoying. Um, and, you know, uh, it's just one of those things that that happens a lot. And and whenever I'm trying to do something creative or write something, I'm terrified of that. I'm absolutely terrified that I'm going to write some shit and someone's going to go, yeah, you realize that uh, that particular make and model of pistol or that event did not happen for another three months from when you set the time period. I'm like, whoops, okay. You know, I, I it, it's it's tough, but um, you know, and it's something that's really tough to guard against because the bigger the production, the less areas of specific expertise the creator or the primary creator, Mr. Miller, can have, and he's just going to have to rely more and more on people telling him what is or is not possible. And I do think, though, that it definitely came down to what was cool, won out over what was. Absolutely, absolutely. Because we're, we're trying to make a cool slick movie for a new generation. So. Did you guys ever watch the oh. the, the, the I got to throw one other thing about the cool versus let's like Crisco. Let's like Crisco though. Right, let me go back to Chris first. Okay, Chris, what is uh what did you least like about the film? Generally, I liked the basic format. I loved how they showed not told, which is something that a lot of films have problems with lately. However, my problems are twofold. One, more V8. I think we discussed that to death at this point. And two, that really weird stilt scene that took a long time to figure out exactly what it was for. You know, with the guys walking around on stilts in the Crow Valley, it's right yeah. in the middle. It's like, yeah, no explanation given. We don't figure it out until half an hour later, and it's like, are we in a Cronenberg flick? Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah, so the guys on stilts in the in the swamp, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Wait, the the guys on stilts. I figured it yeah. was leftover costumes from the Dark Crystal. That's kind of my <laughs> yeah. thought as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't that they were on stilts. They were on stilts four-legged. All right? They were using their arms as well. When, when, did, like, when did that happen? Did I miss it's that? Like, it's a five-second. <laughs> it's it's, five it's, it's just the there long enough to make you go, what? And then it goes off, and there's no explanation. And no, so they do not return like, to it. Yeah. No, well, I, I will admit I lost I lost about two or three minutes of the film. Uh, right. That must have been it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I had a, 
I had to go so bad. I had to go pee. <laughs> you amateur! You, what do you think that big bucket of popcorn is for? I had tears of blood <laughs> running down my face having to pee. And I think it was... Uh, might have been yeah. tears of feet. It was. It I hurt. stuck it out. You, it you fucking piker. It, fucking it hurt. It hurt. It hurt so bad. I had to go. I couldn't do. But it was. It was. It was right. It was right after Max uh, destroyed the bullet farmer, and he yes. was. And he was walking back, and he's like, "Okay, he's getting into the truck. Nothing's gonna happen here." <laughs> But then, then they come back in and like she's like blah 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 and that's my story. I'm like fuck, you know. So, <laughs> uh, Jared, Jared, nobody's saying that you're not supposed to pee. We're saying you're not supposed to get up. I do it. I do it. I at 46 years old, my bladder is not what it used to be. Sometimes I just can't the, do it. Not they sure have to for that. Yes, they do. And diapers. <laughs> I would suggest. Oh. So I should have should, got some astronaut diapers like that chick did and drove from Texas yes. to Florida to yes. kill her fucking lover? Is that yes. what you're trying to say I should have done? Yes. I think it's unanimous. Uh, Ford, diapers. Yes. Colin, diapers. Diapers. Yeah, diapers all the way. Yes. So, so, so Ford, do you have a connection with that with that woman who uh, drove in the, in the diapers or something? Because you really seem to enjoy that. <laughs> no, I, I I remember getting a kick out of listening to to the to the story long time ago when when it was mentioned. It just just crazy how. Oh, it's, they oh, were crazy. That's a whole lot. That's a whole lot of crazy. And, there's and, crazy. Yeah. But then there's Florida astronaut crazy. Okay, that's all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ford, and Ford, I'm good at that. I am good at dropping, pulling these bullshit references out of nowhere on you that you already haven't heard in five to ten years. That that is that is my magic. It's been about ten years. That that is my magic. Whereas you know Scott's magic is is the telling of the tale. He's definitely he's definitely the bard. You know, you know, telling stories. You know, plus, plus two to hit. Plus two to hit. You know, but uh, <laughs> Scott, uh, what was least- your Least Everyone said it. Everyone said it. Not enough V8. Uh, okay, I did. I did not so much want someone to stop the film and bring out, you know, Michael York as Basil Exposition to explain anything to me. But they could have showed me more. Um, yeah. It felt like they were showing me things, but they showed them to me so fast because we got to get back to this car chase that I didn't get to see everything really well. Um, it's a film that I feel like I could watch on DVD. And slowly pick my way through it and watch sections over and over again. Oh yeah, just to just to pick up all these all this detail that was crammed into it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe there's going to be more of the director's cut. I don't know, but I could have used more V8 and I could have used more time to have them show me this world. I didn't want them to explain it, but I did want them to show me the world. Well, yeah, because because it's definitely uh, there's definitely yeah. structure to this world because. <laughs> Here's Morton Joe with the water. Here's down the street the guys with the gas. Down the streets the guys with the bullets. We have people roaming the wasteland. Don't go off the road because that's the so-and-so spiky people's area. And then the people in the mountains with the with the motorcycles. So there is definitely defined. We'll call them tribes. Yes, color. You know, to the, to this world. There's definitely tribe sections. There's a lot to this. It seems like a very rich world that he's creating because he definitely engages in world building. In this film, but as we all agree, 
it's not that we needed to be told to like spoon fed like here, let's give you a, a voiceover, mm -hmm. but if it could have shown us some more to let us figure it out and see it to understand it, that would have been a little better. I I, I agree in, in that respect there for everybody. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little more about the people's lives that grovel for the water. Like what else do they do except sit there and wait for the water to come falling down? You know, what do yeah. they eat? Where do they live? Do they just lay out in the dust and wait for water and that's it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, sure. If they're if they're if they're working the the elevator, like the guys that had walking on the stairs or on the on the gears, yeah. you know, that, I want to see them doing shit like that. I want to see them as the poor bastards who had to haul that bank vault door, you oh. know, up to a Morton Joe's house. Exactly. You know, they 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 clearly have something to do besides adore him and be thirsty. And it would have been nice to see some of that going on. <laughs> and uh, so, as I mentioned before, what I liked, and I only name one thing, the thing that I liked the least about that fucking film was the goddamn surf filet guys on the fucking pole. I absolutely, I absolutely fucking hated that. When I, when I saw the commercials for this movie, I'm like, okay, man, Max Carter, Jordan chasing. What the fuck is Circus Elaine doing in the middle of my goddamn Mad Max film? Okay? Burning Man. It was Burning Man on wheels. Oh, my God. Yeah. Braver Man than me. Either. That, was, that was in his storyboards from ten years ago that he continued with the whole time, and nobody told him not to do it. Oh, oh my God. Is this, is this like a John Peter's Giant Spider? <laughs> yeah, robot spiders. Yeah, you, know, you know about the John Peters giant spider, right? Okay, is this like that? He couldn't get it into one film, so he just kept waiting and waiting until finally he could spring the Circus Olay guys. Yeah, he's had the storyboards for at least ten years that he's been working on. <laughs> Damn, oh my. I, I absolutely. Let's hope he's got it out of his system. Yeah. Fucking hated that because I thought it was like, okay, yes, you know. Flame flowing, guitaring, speakers is ridiculous, and you know this is ridiculous. But fucking circus Olay on car, you know with the pole. I just, I that for me that was it. That was the line. That was the line. Well, well here's my question, Jared. Every yeah. other thing in there had multiple purposes as as a weapon, right? I mean, yeah. the, the the having your own soundtrack. We've we've known that that's awesome ever since what was it? Uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Where um, yeah. Where uh, what's his name Bernie? Um, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Has his own has his own shaft music that follows him around through the entire movie. His soundtrack. We knew that was cool. Um, various of the uh, of the, uh, of the vehicles had you know means of attack that made sense. Hey, that stuff where they fired the harpoons then dropped the the dropped the, anchor behind them to slow them yeah. down. Oh, mm -hmm. Wait, I thought mm -hmm. it was awesome. Colin, was there anything technically wrong with that? No, no, that that was perfectly reasonable. Dropping the spike bars. Who remember you know, the dropping the spike oh, bars was that. right out of was right out of fucking car wars. You know, yeah, cops. Mm -hmm. yeah. cops yeah. use that. Oh, you're right, Scott. I forgot about that. You know, shoot the harpoons and then drop an anchor to slow them down. Awesome. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Unlike in the road wire where they shot the harpoon and it got caught up in the thing, dragged and bounced around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were tr they were trying to be constructive, like okay, let's put this little you know thing on the back to you know try to slow the truck down, pull it back. Awesome idea. Yeah. Uh, but but the Circus Olay guys on on floppy poles, what are what counterweighted with old engine blocks or something? Yep. Yeah, it was like Warlord Shadoofs. Yeah. 
<laughs> My question is, what other use besides grabbing a Morton Joe's wives off the back of a moving vehicle did this weapon system ever have? If they right? found a well, they could have used them as shadoofs. You know, just drop the yeah. guy down a well to pick the water up. It's worked for Middle East for thousands of years, so of course it's going to show up in Australia to, you know, pluck people off of vehicles at 80 miles an hour. Yeah. I have it. Or get close to throw a bomb on a, on a vehicle. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Refreshments for the staff. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, valid, do, all, do, all valid points, but I still fucking hate it. Do you think you get a, a job on the end of the uh, mutants, the, uh, the war boy seduce? Do you think you get a, that job because it's a reward or because you've pissed somebody off? I mean... Oh, it's, it's an honor. <laughs> it's an honor. Is that yeah. what they tell them? You get the Valhalla quicker that way. Yes. Yep. It's an honor. Just... Just like that suicide bomb vest. Here you go. <laughs> we, would, we wouldn't give you this except we really like you. I will escort you directly to the gates of Valhalla. Now go shoot him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that whole, yeah, so, all right, so that's uh, least favorite things and... Um, uh, I don't know. I, guess, I, I could continue in a mad vein there, but... Uh, I don't know. All right, All right well, so how about this? Let me throw out a question for the for our panel. Um, we've talked about characters. We've talked about uh, vehicles. We've talked about least fa- Is there a concept that was executed during the film that was actually one of your favorite things that stood out? It's like, oh, that is a cool idea, or I like the way they executed mm-hmm. it. Because I was talking about how, you know, they introduced a character, uh, she's pregnant, she's brave, you know, she's got her shit together, and bam, they killed her, just to demonstrate, yeah, George Miller will kill anyone, you know, you thought that pig was, the talking pig was safe, no, nobody's safe, um, (laughs) wow, (laughs) uh, but, it's a mixing of genres, well, it's the same director, that's awesome, I mean, George Miller is the guy who, who, you know, that, that thing where he, um, the pardon babe, I'm gonna, Throw my wife under the um, war rig here. The part in Babe that picking the city that made her cry is where the 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 dog that's half paralyzed, the Jack Russell Terror that's got these wheels, this wheelchair it's 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 locked into, gets hit by a car, and the next thing you see, the screen goes blank, and the next thing you see is a big green field with like butterflies in it, and the dog is running through the field. But jumping up and biting at the butterflies, its legs can work, and it's just like, oh my god! George Miller killed a puppy, and now it can run happy and feel its way. He, 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 he killed a crippled puppy. He, 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 thank you. He didn't just kill a puppy. He, he killed, killed a, a crippled puppy. puppy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you motherfucker! And then suddenly he goes back where like, the other animals are waking him up going, Frank, Frank, are you okay? And he's like, what? Well, I'm, I'm all right. And I was like, at first she's crying tears because, oh my God, they killed the Gribble puppy. And then she's crying tears of anger for being emotionally manipulated. <laughs> you fucker! You son of a bitch! So, 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 so is the next movie going to be Mad, and, Mad, Mad Max Pig in the City? So and what I'm going to say is that's how I felt watching this movie about the V8 Interceptor. Yes. They killed the V8 Interceptor, I'm like, oh, 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 and they bring it back, it's back, and then they killed it again, and I'm like, oh, George Miller, you fucker, how dare you. <laughs> Moving back, what was the conceptually, like something you saw done in the film 
that really worked for you, really mm -hmm. got your attention, where they showed you something, because God knows they almost told us nothing, but where they showed you something and thought, okay, that's fucking awesome. Ford? Ford, you're first. Oh, I think just for the awesomeness factor, it's got, got to be uh, our favorite bard there. The bard, okay. The bard. The, the doof warrior. Doof warrior, man. I mean, just, just, just the whole concept. It was so ridiculous, it worked. That's that's the best way to describe it. So fucking ridiculous, it worked. So, so wait. So now wait, we got we got to start a we got to start a petition. We got to get a campaign to get. We 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 got to we got to contact a musician in Australia and tell him that he needs to go on tour as a Doof Warrior. Yes. Yes. The truck, indeed. The truck's still around. They they drove it out for the premiere in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, there's actually sh footage of them of guys. Stunt guys hanging off that vehicle as they drove it up to the Sydney Opera House, wherever they showed it, driving through downtown Sydney. Uh, so yeah, so vehicle still around, it's still available. Nice. Tours, tours available. Uh, Colin, for you, was there was there something that really, when they first introduced you, went, oh, thank God this exists, or, or that's you know particularly when they awesome. started showing the agriculture in a Morton Joe's, because now it is at least showing that there is something they're doing to eat. It's not, you know, just kind of implied that they're not eating each other. There was actually food there, and it explaining yeah. that you know, the upper class does actually have some kind of agriculture, and or you know technology. Yeah, it's more than just V8s. Yeah, when he walks through the 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 the, the, the garden. The hydroponic garden in there—that was a really cool moment because it meant that a Morton Joe is more than just yelling and pouring water on people, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's one uh, of the biggest concepts there that I liked was that a Morton Joe was not—he was not Lord Humongous. Lord Humongous was just some dude uh, being Mr. Warlord out there. And Morton Joe, yeah, he's Mr. Warlord, but he's so much more. He's been doing this more. He's actually been building. He's been gathering all these resources. He is more than just the Warlord. He is uh, above well, he is a, in that world. This I, I would, I would say that he warlord. is. I'd say a Warlord is not a terrible term for him. Uh, you know, Lord Humongous is just a, a, a bandit. He's, he's just a, a raider. Yes. He's a, he's, a he's, a raider, he's a raider chieftain. You know, he's not going to build the citadel. He's not going to yeah, build exactly. industry and agriculture and, you know. Uh, and Morton Joe's like, um, who's the warlord of the pit uh, uh, in, in Fallout 3? I, I don't remember. I, yeah, I forgot. I, uh, Asher. Okay. Asher. He's like the, you know, he, he struck me more as like that warlord. You know, mm -hmm. he's actually building something. And he's um, got religion. Yes. Yes, he does. And I got questions about that in a second for everyone. But, Chris, what was the part in it that really jumped out at you that you were really like, holy crap, that's awesome? To be honest with you, one of my favorites was a flashback to Beyond Thunderdome. We had a set of three towns that were basically named after their function, and they were actually in semi-symbiotic relationship. It's how Morton Joe was able to drag on other resources yeah. as they kept going on there. They built a cute little ecosystem of towns in the post-apocalypse that was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I did like that. That, it, that this place didn't exist in isolation. That everybody had to specialize in what their contribution to the post-apocalyptic world was. And here's a question for you guys: The tanker truck was full of mother's milk, uh, not water. And um, the thing that got me, that really, I was really impressed by, was 
they never explained it in the film, but I, I realized, not the least of which because I just lost a cat to leukemia, that everything that was going on with the blood bags and the mother's milk was about the fact that the, blood, the war boys are all, all have leukemia. Mm -hmm. That their their bone marrow is crapping out, and they've got these lymphomas uh, in their necks, these cancer uh, the cancers in their lymph system. Uh, the the people leader, the head of Oil Town, uh, he had that giant. I think it's called a lymph lymphoma. Lymph. It, it's a it's a failure of the lymphatic system, causes your legs to fill up fluid, so it looks like uh, elephantiasis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Um, that that leg was another sign of of, of bone cancer, of lymph, uh, of uh, failure of, uh, of of leukemia, and the two things that got me, I, I when when my cat was dying of FLV, the they came and they said, you know, they did a blood test, said your cat's red cell count is six percent, it's gonna die in hours. Um, the only thing we could do is give it blood transfusions to extend its life. And if I hadn't had that happen to me two days before, I would not have gotten why the war boys are taking blood transfusions off of people. Because they're they're not producing enough red blood cells to carry the nutrition, the oxygen, to stay active. They're dying of anemia from the inside out. They're bleeding to death, essentially, from the inside out. So that's what the blood bags were all for. They never said that in the movie, ever. And I've heard people say that that particular way of getting red blood cells would not have worked because a proper transfusion would have been, uh, that would have been, you did the centrifuge. It's either the cells or the plasma because yeah. you know, I, I told I, I mentioned that because there was a whole article talking about blood, the blood types and you know how they have leukemia and the blood transfusions and how, how, how just having blood go from one person to the other would not necessarily work. Yeah. And they went into detail about how his blood type really wouldn't work universally like they say. Like his was more universal for uh, I can't remember if it's for platelets or, or plasma. Yeah. Like his was like universal for one of the two, not just putting whole blood in there. Yeah. So yeah. Because, they, because because they did some screenshots they showed, you know, of the tattoos on his back and they were saying like what his blood type was and they're like, Well, the type of blood type he is, it would not work for that. It also is a little side note, again another little uh, hat tip to the other movies was they put Road Warrior on, tattooed on his back. Yeah, what was his what was his background? Yeah, it just said Road Warrior. The other thing was uh, about leukemia is, uh, and I just would have picked this up because I was my wife was watching a medical uh, drama show. Was um, uh, no, I, yeah, it, it was that um, the mother's milk was also for the leukemia because mother's milk has all these antibodies in it to protect mm -hmm. the infant because their immune system isn't all the way up and the leukemia is not only killing your red count, it's killing your white count. So part of the deal for being a war boy is yes, you've got terminal you know, <laughs> leukemia, but we can keep you going uh, via uh, blood transfusions and uh, the mother's milk, you're fed on mother's milk to keep your immune system up um, so that the whole thing about milking the fat chicks wasn't just there to give me a boner. It actually had a real function in the story besides, you know, just, you know, hitting my particular fetish buttons. So I, I, I was really pleased that they showed all that stuff. Too much, too much information, Scott. What? Too Wait, much. This, is a, 
This isn't live, is it? There should have been no. Um, but it was the idea was that it wasn't. They didn't show. They showed us things, but they didn't tell us things. Yeah. And because of that, that was my favorite part of the movie was that they showed us all this stuff, and if you pieced it together, you pieced it together. And if you didn't, the movie didn't care. The movie was just like, fuck right. you, there's a car chase. Right. And fuck you, this is Japanese porn, we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, exactly. Um, so I really like the idea that, and also, uh, both a Morton Joe and his creepy son, Rictus Erectus, uh, <laughs> are on oxygen systems. And that is something that's related to leukemia as well. They're both carrying oxygen uh, on them. And, again, re absolutely related to, to leukemia. Do they tell us that? Nope. But if you, you know, you have access to Wikipedia, go find out, you know. You can look it up on your own. Well, and that's, what, and that's again, it's a good thing about if you put the time to think and research and figure things out, it added a whole other level to it. But if you didn't want to think, if you didn't want to have to go down that path, you could just enjoy all the action, which is fine, too. You know, yeah. it's, it's just a lot of action there. Uh, but speaking of his son, uh, you know that big giant. That guy. I looked that guy up. That guy is like a fucking monster. You know. You know. He's he, like. He's been in some Jackie Chan films, being a being a bad guy. He's yeah. huge. He's like. He's like. He's a. He's. He's immense. What was. What was that gun he was wielding? Does anybody know? It was oh. Made up. Yeah, it was. It looked like it was assembled from different pieces of stuff. I mean, it, it didn't look like it was a uh, a weapon that I recognized. Um, I, I even recognized the rifle, the sniper rifle they had, but that weapon looked like it was a concoction. It, it looked like it was a, a manually operated weapon that they had uh, put a like a drill on. There was some guy in Finland made a, a made a machine gun out of a cordless drill and a bunch of crap he cobbled together, and I think they found that idea and made it cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, are you, are you talking about the guy in the Slingshot, Slingshot channel, Colin? No, no. This oh, is okay. the, guy that, the old guy that went to jail for making a machine gun he shouldn't have in Finland. Out of a, a cordless drill and a bunch of crap, and it's a 22. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, so I'm sorry to hear that amount of the jail time. Uh, I, I, I can imagine them finding him, but jail times—that's not fair. Because the guy on, on the on the uh, the slingshot channel did something like that, where he basically took like some kind of drill concoction, and he took like revolver cap guns and put them all in this configuration that it just spun around. And basically, you could go, okay, well, we could probably put some real uh, revolvers on this and make this work. Maybe if it doesn't, you know, we'd have to strengthen it, of course, you know, because that's a that's a lot of firepower. But uh, okay. Please note, Jared, that uh, Colin is throwing up the uh, URL for the cordless power drill machine gun. We'll need that in the show notes. We will need that in the show notes. Anyways, Mr. Wallace, did you answer the question? Was there something that jumped out in that film that was really something that just, you know, you were just so pleased to see that was it was a concept rather than a character or a, or, a, or even a scene? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of little things that I liked. Like, uh, of course, like I said I, I liked, you know, I liked, I liked the, uh, you know, the ice, the, you know, the music truck, the ice cream truck that he was driving around in. You know, <laughs> you know, like it's like it's like you hear that coming. It's like ice cream. You know, it's like, um, you know, the Dubois truck. Uh, I liked what you mentioned with the with the the harpoon trucks. You know, to try to like, you know, like like the whalers yeah. would, you know. Shoot the harpoons into the whales and go, you know, have power backwards to slow them down. You know, how the truck would drop 
you know, like the you know the hooks in the back to slow the trucks down. And I did like the siege the siege truck that 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 the, the guys with the spikes had. You know, like the big it was like this giant truck with like the crane with the with the with like the grab claw that was like pulling shit off the other truck. Question to the audience. You know, Jared asked, what was the machine gun that Rictus was firing? What was the language that the guys in the spiky trucks were speaking? Because it sounded, it was subtitled, and it sounded Slavic to me. Did you catch that? Sounded vaguely Ukrainian, I think. Yeah, it, it, it came off... It wasn't exactly very... Russian, but it was uh, very close. It sounded like Ukrainian or maybe white Russian. But I go with Ukrainian personally. Um, it was it was not obviously Australian. It wasn't Aborigine, you know. It wasn't Indonesian. Who'd be there? Slavic, definitely. Yeah, it, it was weirdly Slavic. And I was I, I when I heard that, I went, "What does this imply? <laughs> what what should I learn from the fact that there are ex you know Ukrainian or Russian raiders in Australia? Does this mean some guys?" <laughs> Got on a boat in Vladivostok to avoid the giant radiation cloud and beached in northern Darwin someplace, you know? Is there... Uh, Possibly. Yeah, are there somewhere Chinese refugees that have ended up in Australia to avoid their nuclear Armageddon or whatever? Uh, but anyways, well, I, Russia, I just... Well, Russian refugees, you know? Yeah. yeah. But so, but so, but, but their vehicles, I said, I like their concept, you know, like, you know, the spikes over the cars to keep other people off from like jumping on your car and I said that that's that seed that siege truck was cool as they had it armored and spiked and claws to pull your shit apart so I thought that was pretty uh, I thought that was a pretty cool idea there you know in that in close to that same scene does anybody know what the silver spray paint is supposed to be is it merely huffing the 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 propellant are they merely huffing the propellant on the paint or is it meant to be something else? I, thought it was I think bold. it's like a sign to people. It's a sign to people saying that they're they're going for that final shot, and they're they're in that final final mode, that final zone of, of going at it to Valhalla. And it's it's just a it's just a big show, you know. Spray the teeth, spray the the face. It's kind of kind of going back to a lot lot like what the uh, Kelvin picks did with Wode exactly. Okay, I, yeah, I did get that, but I'm wondering if it was meant to be actual paint, do you think? or Yeah. Because, again, huffing paint. Yeah, I would say it's actual paint. <laughs> well, because it's silver and chrome because, remember, they're all fucking gearheads. So oh! Like, yes. Yes. yes, they're becoming What chrome. you said, Jared. Oh. Yep. Got it. So that's, that's why it's silver because it's all chromed like the chrome yeah. on the vehicles, chrome on the engine. So that is that tie-in of why the color. But okay. yeah, like you said, it could be just you no know, markings of the you know because they're I don't know because they're almost like vaguely berserker esque almost like you know getting themselves ramped up and suicidal mm -hmm. and you know that's that kind of gets them like that sort of thing like yes I'm gonna get them you know it helps you know get them elevated you know you know it's also a sign of purity too sorry the silver is. Oh. Yeah, because I mean you're in a, in, a, in a world with metal that's nothing but rust and, and corrosion and 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 all kinds of stuff on it. Pure silver, purity, clean, uh, clean metal. And for a gearhead, I mean having clear, clean metal, no rust, no 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 problems. I mean yeah. that's that's a sign of purity going at it. Uh, that's 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 a good uh, that's a good analogy. I think that I think that works very good. Especially since Rictus's mm -hmm. truck that that was all silver. Was yes, they went out of their exactly. way to make sure that thing was 
was chromed and uh, polished metal all the way down. That's a good call. Um, so, um, uh, Mr. Wallace, back to you. Uh, I don't want to derail anything else with my, my questions of the things in the film I didn't quite understand when I saw them. Uh, what else you got for us? Um, I was just trying to think. You know, I, Does I, anybody I, else have things that they're like, what the hell yeah. is going on with that? Yeah, well, yeah no, no. If you have something you want to add, you know, don't, don't let us dictate everything. I mean, just most things. But you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but, no, but I, think I just wanted to hit, like you said, Scott. We hit on, you know, well, you wanted to bring up religion, Scott. Uh, the oh, of, the, the religious angle with yeah. with Valhalla and things like I, that. I, yeah, I did. I liked that they they made the point that religion is more effective at getting people moving than pay or money or you know things like that. So the the religious aspect and the sort of badly translated Valhalla with most of the Norse stuff thrown off, but you know. You know, the the Valhalla thing was was sort of interesting. Um, I was going to say the whole idea that the war boys are are dead men walking really reminded me of a Norman Spinrad uh, novella called The Journal of the Plague Years, which is a not an apocalypse novel but a pre-apocalypse, and it was written back in the eighties mm. when there was no real hope in sight for the AIDS epidemic. And one of the things that goes on in that story is the American Foreign Legion, where if you come down and are tested positive for mandatory testing in America, you test positive for AIDS, you have two choices. You either go and are sent to these quarantine zones, or you can join and just to die with no medical help. You just don't get any medical help at all. You're just on your own. Or you can join the American Foreign Legion, which is or otherwise known as the Army of the Living Dead, which is all these guys who are HIV positive or have full-blown AIDS who are kept stoked to the gills on military-grade amphetamines and all the best, uh, you know, uh, all the best uh, medicines that they have to extend your life, all the best cocktails. And then they just use you overseas to, you know, with no worry about how the casualty sheets are going to look, uh, to enforce whatever... U.S. policy or whatever is going on, and um, uh, one of the characters in the story is a deserter from the Army of the Living Dead who gets back into America, and uh, the War Boys definitely just definitely smelled like that right off the bat. These guys who are dead to start with, given a purpose, and then you know bound by religious fervor Whoa, to Morgan Joe. Because what do they have to look forward to except for a short life? So you're by him instilling that religion and you know way to control them, giving them something like you'll have 21 virgins when you die. So he's 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 promising them something. He built up this mythology. This weird what a what a gyp. The, the the Muslims down the road give 51 more virgins than that. That's I know. But but he was you know he was making this the religion the religion was you know that kind of a combination of you know like the Valhalla Viking. And and gearhead, you know, it was like you know, it was like the combination of you know, it's like you know, uh, you know, it's like um, I don't want to call it. Um, it's like syncretic. They were like gear punk Vikings, we'll call it. I don't know, you know. But it was a it was that syncretic thing where they they reached out to a bunch of different religions to get their to create their religion. You know, yeah. it had bits and pieces of other religions. That's what most of them do, though. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. well, we we. We're not going to go too far down the religious path. 
uh, religion. So we went there. We went. We had a whole yeah. two shows on religion. Yeah, we have a, we um, talked about religion too much, and uh, and, uh, and this is honestly Morton Joe's religion would make a nice little addendum <laughs> to that show because yeah. it was actually fairly well realized. I um, think so. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm all I'm all for joining the. Uh, Gear punk uh, Viking religion. I'm all for it. Let's let's found it. You know, once you once you've got some lymphoma uh, and some uh, your white cell counts crashing, you'll be more than happy to join up for some some breast milk and some, some transfusions. Uh, absolutely. Well, you, you know, you and know, a steering wheel, a steering wheel for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you know you, you well you know I love cars, man. You know yeah. I, you know I've you know I've owned several muscle cars in the past, and I don't have one now, which makes me very sad. But um, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, I'm some you know I drive a I drive a Kia Soul now. I have no I have no <laughs> I, I, I I have no muscle cars. So I'm very but, but you have insurance, you know. So there you you wage slave. I am a wage slave. When, when, um, are, you gonna, when are you gonna When are you gonna break away from Mister uh, Dawson and do some wet work? I was gonna say what are you yeah what are you gonna do going to run chopper. Let's slot and yes. run. <laughs> slot and run. Yeah. Slot and run. Slot and run. All right. Uh, the nerds are thick on the ground here. Oh, um, absolutely. All right. Uh, I want to start. I want to start winding us down a bit because we were, you know, uh, we started late, but we're still a good hour and a half or more in. Yeah. Um, Let's give our, our guests the opportunity to say the thing that they most want to say if they haven't wanted to gotten a chance to say it. Well, well, one last one last thing for me. Okay. And then, then we'll do that. So, the movie, the movie came in two formats, two D and three D. Colin, which version did you see it in? Two uh, D. You saw it in two D. Ford. Two D. Scott. Two. Two D. Chris. Two D indeed. Okay, so we are all in a, uh, we are all in line. That we saw it in 2D because do we all agree that 3D is ridiculous and unnecessary? More As than it stands that. now, largely yes. Mm -hmm. Depends on it the film. Go a long way before it actually becomes something watchable. What you call it? Well, Colin said it depends on, on the on the context of the film. You know, in some places it fits. I I can I, I can kind of see that. Uh, I am unfortunately of the of the of the ilk that. 3D is completely unnecessary, and whenever somebody tells me a movie's in 3D, all I ever think about is Dr. Tongue's 3D House of Pancakes. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That is, that, you know, for those listeners who don't know, that is from an old SCTV sketch with John Candy. So It, it, it never got better than I Dr. Tongue's... It never got better than Dr. Tongue's 3D House of Cats. Basically, he's just, he has a stack of pancakes. He's like, would you like some pancakes? And he just landed like, and like shows it in your face, and I feel with 3D movies, that's what they're doing. They're going out of their yeah. way to just shove shit in your face. They go, look how cool it is because it's in 3D in your face. The the only 3D film that was ever worth a damn, as far as I'm concerned, was Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, because it was it was underwater. There was so much of that film that was shot underwater. It was the perfect environment for 3D footage. You know, plus it's the 50s, it's black and white. Chris, why why does 3D not work for you? Why did you choose two-dimensional film 
ultimately was because it was cheaper. However, that being said, it's just <laughs> a matter of getting stuff together here. Like, there's only two places that I actually saw that 3D might have been better of the situation here. One was the very end when they're basically splattering everything on the place at the final stage when they're having the rollover and everything's coming towards the screen. Mm-hmm. You can tell this was the, this is 3D moment. Yes. <laughs> and, and, how, and how the steering wheel just kind of, like, flew in your face, and then we saw in 2D, you're like, that looks ridiculous. You know? Yeah, indeed. Um, my big gripe is the glasses they hand out make everything dark. And mm-hmm. it sucks all the color out of the screen. I saw some. I uh, yeah, I saw some uh, uh, Pixar film, uh, Brave, I think it was, and friends convinced me to go see it in 3D, and it, it, it washed all the color out of the film. The thought of going to see a Mad Max movie with all those brilliant oranges of the Australian desert and be all just have that sucked out of the film—that sounded like a bad, bad recipe to me. Now, mind you, I have seen some 3D movies because I've had no choice because that was your only option. Because I, I did see Drive Angry in 3D. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> Why now, is that in any D? Uh, now, now, that movie is a total guilty pleasure. I thought that movie was fucking awesome. I loved it. I loved that movie. <laughs> there, there, have been yeah. a lot of, there have been a lot of people who have said that. Um, have you... Ever seen the? Uh, there's a podcast called "How Did This Get Made," which yeah. is about terrible movies, and they go on and on about Drive Angry. I haven't oh, seen on. it yet. There, there, there's, there, all right, I'll spoil it. But there's a scene where he gets into a gun battle while he's having sex with this chick from a bar, and he's like still having sex with her while he's in a gun battle. It is the most ridiculous, awesome thing you've ever seen. I've, I've heard that. That at no point does Nicolas Cage stop fucking. While shooting cultists. Nope. He does while not. shooting while shooting devil worshippers. Let's let's get this clear. Nick Cage is shooting devil worshippers while fucking a waitress. Yep. He sure okay. needs money. Yeah, yeah. Perfect grindhouse. It was awesome. And then of course and then of course, uh, I always forget the the actor's name who played the accountants. Fincher. Fincher. William Fincher. Fincher. William Fincher was fucking awesome in that role. <laughs> Nobody else could have played that fucking role better. That character was fucking amazing. I'm sorry. I love that character. Hey, anyway, that's not Mad Max, so, okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, not to say you wouldn't be happy to see William Fincher as Max. Oh, I love William Fincher. He's fucking incredible. Um, <laughs> Alright, so so that was my question about 2D, 3D, and Scott posed a question. This is going to be the last thing we're going to talk about. Uh, Scott, the question you posed to our, our other guests were... Was there anything else they wanted to just kind of... Yeah, what's, what, is it, what is it you want to get off your chest, Ford? Well, the biggest thing on this, uh, uh, about Mad Max here that, that really blew my mind away and uh, is, is, is that it got made. I mean, it got made without what looks like a lot of monkeying in Hollywood, without the suit saying, oh, you can't do this, or we got to put this thing in there, or we need a trained monkey here, or we need more explosions here, and that'll bring the kids in and stuff. No, I mean, this was made how Miller wanted it. This is made <laughs> standard where how, how we would want to see it. This is not some kind of Hollywood drivel. I mean, I'm sure there was some kind of monkeying with the suits behind, and, and negotiations, and some kind of heated stuff going on in the back, and you know, lewd and perverse acts, you know, to to make sure things happen. But it happened. 
I mean, I'm not a fan of Hollywood. I'll be honest with you. I mean, because the fact that the suits go in and monkey the shit up. They fucking monkey the shit up. We don't get quality entertainment because they go in with this drivel and this trite and this drivel trite attitude when it comes to making movies and what they produce with movies. This was a movie which did not personify this. And personally, I don't know how the fuck Miller did it, but he did it, and I love it. So, so uh, Ford, what do you really think? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know how it got made is because he did Happy Feet one and two and two Babe movies. So he he had the he had sure. some kind of he I, I was really he had some kind of power because of that. You know that he did those movies and he was able to whether he had whether he had to call in some favor favors yeah. because of that he did something he had to do to make that movie and and, and, and uh, I think we all agree there, Colin. I'm I'm really glad that it got made, and I hope that this is going to break the whole hold on the genre that zombies have, because I am so sick to death of zombies and everything zombie-esque. Um, and the only good thing about zombies is it got rid of the sparkly vampires. That's you know. So hopefully, <laughs> yes, yes. A, a change in in how people fund these projects, and maybe more of them will get funded, and you know, maybe a couple TV shows, something that that will legitimize this genre again like it was until the 80s. I agree. There you go. Chris? Well, I guess the big one is I'm surprised it survived developmental hell. Considering how long it was stuck in there, Mel Gibson, this movie could have been a train wreck real easy, real fast. Quite the opposite. It was amazing. Two, it's an apocalypse. And it's an apocalypse that's colorful. You know, it's not brown, more brown, yeah. yet more brown. It actually has color and feel and action. And, of course, Tarantino, take a look. This is how Death Proof should have been made. <laughs> you mean we should, we should, you should have had 45 minutes, 45 minutes of talking in a bar? Oh, yes. Because that's what really made that movie pound. Was oh, Yes. 45 minutes of talking. Of insane babbling for minutes. So you want to watch them die, and then they die, and then another bunch shows up. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, let's right, let's back away. Yeah, let's let's not go on a Tarantino uh, tear because because uh, <laughs> I, I, I could join you on that one for a very long time as well. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mr. Wallace? Ripoff artist. Yes, very good at it. Um. You're gonna steal, steal from the best. Steal from everything. Particularly if you steal from uh, Asian cinema at the time, because no one's seen it, so you look like an auteur. Mm. Uh, what did I think? Again, I, I agree with a lot of sentiments uh, that people said about they'll be glad it got made. And uh, again, I have a lot. I, I went, I went in like wanting to not like it. Honestly, I really did. Because of all the commercials and it was overhyped, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I did, I, I really wanted to, I wanted to not like it because I was like, listen, because I'm, as we all know, I'm very finicky, I'm very picky, and I don't fucking like anything. I'm, I'm worse than fucking Mikey, you know, because at least Mikey. I was gonna say, <laughs> let, let's show it, let's show it to Jared. Jared hates everything. everything. Hey, he likes it. Hey, Jared. Except Ryan Angry. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ryan Angry, but. Um, uh, exactly. So uh, I wanted to, and did I think it was this 
uh, amazing best movie ever made orgasmic fest that everybody on the fucking internet is making it out to be? No, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't think it's the greatest thing fucking ever, which seems to be people's general opinions. But I thought it was a solid movie. It was a good movie. It had a lot of good action. It was a. It was an octane fueled white line nightmare fucking action fest. You know, absolutely. Uh, I thought it was a really good film. There's a lot of cool shit about it. I loved. It was shit. I, I hated it, but I think it was a good movie, and it will absolutely. Uh, Make it on my uh, on my video shelf when it does when it does. Um, would, you, would you compare you know, it to the way that the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake is not the first Dawn of the Dead, but it stands on its own two feet? Absolutely. I know a lot of people hate. You know, we talked about this before. People hate the Dawn of the Dead uh, movie. Was it two thousand five? Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn of the Dead because it's not Dawn of the Dead. And you know what? You're right. It's not. It's Dawn of the Dead in title only. And the only other similarity it has is it's in a mall and there's zombies. But I liked the film, and I think they could have called it something else, and I think it would have got a, a lot better, uh, you know, credit because it was tra- it was trying to live off the previous name. And yes, you're right. This could have had that same thing where it is um, it's living off that name of Mad Max, you know, that same kind of way. But it's a different. It's really. You're right, Scott. It's a different movie. It's like, could they have not called it Mad Max? Probably. You know what? I bet you they could have. They could have called it, you know, you know, some some bad '80s ripoff Road Warrior name movie like they've done before, like you know, Tanker Gas Chasing Explosion Two. I think that's a, I think Tanker Gas Chasing Explosion may be the best title you've ever come on. Perhaps mm-hmm. Battle Truck. Battle Truck Two. Battle Truck Two. Yeah. Well, Battle Still Truck. But Battle Truck should have been, you know. But uh, uh, <laughs> that's going back. Oh yeah, we've we've talked about Battle Truck. Well, not so. not every yeah. John Ratzenberger vehicle is going to be a hit. That's all I got to <laughs> say about Battle Truck. All right, uh, so uh, so yeah, so that's my uh, again. I want I wanted a guy. I went in wanting to not like it, but uh, but I did enjoy it, and I, and I will see it again. I will see it again. Like I have a friend who wants to see it, but he can never make the time because of X, Y, and Z. But I told them, if you want to go see it, let me know. I will go see it with you. You know, because I, I will go see it again. You know, um, and I do think that um, making it 3D was kind of pointless. I don't think it. I don't think. I don't think it needed that gimmick to make it a good movie. Not like, at all. Like if they, if they did, if they didn't add that 3D parts to it, just did it all 2D. It would have been perfectly fine because I think the movie is good enough on its own that it did not need that uh, aspect of it. So that being said, and then uh, we off to you, Scott, and then the last bit off your chest, or what you ever thought about the movie? The the, the last thing I uh, I wanted to get off my chest was this hilarious thing that happened a couple of days or weeks before um, uh, the uh, the movie came out, where. Uh, George Miller could not have asked for better advertising uh, to make this film go than to have a couple of guys from the um, the, the men's rights advocates movement uh, who uh, sounded off that this film is a castrating monster, destroying action films, and rubbing dirty vaginas all over their man stuff. And that was essentially their complaint that 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 on the on the because. Theron is in front of um, uh, Hardy on the poster. 
that you know uh, he's his, suddenly he's her bitch or something, and it's going to be filled with lies about girls having competencies <laughs> and uh, having you know opinions and you know things like that, and not just merely being vending machines for sex. Uh, and it was just really bizarre. It was there was, a, it was I don't remember if it was. I don't think it was Theodore Beale. I can't remember which one of these particular jerkwads uh, it was, but they went off on a they, they they posted and the internet picked it up, and basically it was like throwing down a gauntlet, saying, "Ladies, these men who think that you have no value outside of your use as a means for them not to feel gay when they have sex, these men think that this is a bad movie, and I think that got women's butts in seats." I mean, that meant that guys did not have to argue with their girlfriends about whether they were going to go see, you know, Free Road Pitch or if per- they were going to go say Pitch Perfect. One there were women who were, like, who were like, no, those guys don't want me to see this film. Fuck them. I'm totally seeing this film. And, <laughs> you know, it, I think it helped. Even though, if I understand right, didn't Pitch Perfect actually beat uh, Fury Road at the box office this weekend? Or the, the, the first weekend? I'm afraid it, so. It probably did. It, it, yeah. it was a matter of Pitch Perfect was PG-13, because that's the big factor. And, I, and, and that's one of the big factors. And, all, and, and one of the reasons you know that these guys got through development hell intact is because we had an R-rated movie, not a PG-13 rated film, which is what the suits yeah. want, because they want, 13, they want 13-year-old kids in those seats. You know, uh, they don't, you know, they, 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 that, that's what they want. Um, and they didn't get it, so yeah, that cut their numbers. But the whole weird, the whole weird idea that 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 this film was some sort of feminist broadside against masculinity and was going to ruin action films forever—that's a—that's an interesting world they live in. I do not, I do not. They remind me of Haggard. Five minutes before of Haggard. Five minutes before he got caught snorting meth out of him male hookers, but, I mean, they, they, they're the screaming, you know, it's just like, you know, the people that are screaming loudest about, you know, you know, death to the gays or whatever, these, these people that are screaming about how it's, like, ruining manhood, they have no idea what they're talking about, they're just flipping out, it's just stupid. Well, there is a, there's a rule now that if you're a dude and you're complaining about the gays, someone will find a penis in you at some point. I think that's just... I mean, look at look at Denny Hassert. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. The uh, the 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 only thing that was said about uh, the you know the whole you know, those people with the feminist movement and oh it's going to ruin films. I think one point one of them said that no nobody barks orders at Mad Max. That is the that's the only thing that I can agree with is that and, you know what and she didn't and she did but but you know what. I don't care if you're man, woman, child, dog, cat, whatever. You no nobody barks orders at Max Rockatansky, Okay, that is the only yeah. that, that is the only thing I agree with that they said. But they were totally out in fucking left field with their whole fucking theory. So yeah, that's, right. Mm-hmm. Well, they that's also fun. were complaining that this whole movie is is based on the premise that you know men with large weapons and arguably small penises and brains, destroyed the world and continue to destroy the world as long as they're in power. And but, but, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, to, it's, it's was, hard to argue against that, but they will until you know, the well, end of time. The, the other side of the coin uh, on this that, that came up that really annoyed me was um, uh, 
that uh, uh, one of the people these guys are most annoyed with is this woman, Anita Sarkeesian, who's done some videos on YouTube. Uh, and apparently she poo-pooed the movie because she didn't think that she didn't think that Charlize Theron's character was a proper feminist because she was driving a truck, shooting guys in the face, uh, dodging bullets, and that's all man stuff. And a real feminist wouldn't have solved this problem using men's techniques. And I'm like, I was I was blown away by her. She actually, I mean, ma'am, you realize it's a post-apocalyptic world. Her options are limited. I don't think a hitting Immortan Joe with a with a with a flyer campaign and maybe some you know uh, some 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 pamphlets is really going to cover this. You're going to have to have him. You're going to have to pull his face off and have him torn limb from limb by the mob. And by the way, that was awesome. Mm. When the mob tears a Morton Joe's corpse to ribbons, I was I was like, yeah, there you go. That's how the bad guy ends his days. Yes, perfect. Chris, Chris, uh, Chris, 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 <laughs> yeah. Chris made a good point that uh, he said that the, um, the plot of uh, the, the plot that that what Max that? came up with was so dumb that it had to be made by adventurers. There you go. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, yeah, let's just go back. Let's just go back in. <laughs> They're not going to be there, so that's... Uh... It, it did come off as a bit player character logic. Um, you know, there was a bit player character logic in there, but that's all right. You know, it, we, lo- it, we loved it anyway. It, 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 did, it did also have one of my favorite bits where they have one of the women defect to Morton Joe and then sabotage him from the inside. Yes. Because his presumption is they're going to surrender and come home to daddy, you know, Mm -hmm. and know their place. And I thought that was a great way to fuck him over was that, you know, oh, sure, capture some girls. It'll be great. (laughs) It'll be good for you. Yeah. All right. So um, we're going to call it. I'm I'm calling it at uh, (laughs) Uh, 11.16. just because we've gone on for two hours, so we, we got to we got we got to spare the listeners a little bit, okay? <laughs> but um, we so, we did have a lot of extra mouths to feed this time. Oh no, no, we had there was we had a lot of good conversation, we had a lot of good input, we had a lot of uh, you know a lot of good dialogue. Like I said, it's it was very very good, a lot of good conversations. So uh, thank you, uh, Colin. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ford, all for joining us uh, for Podcast Record Zero this week. It was uh, nice to have you guys on. It was nice to see the face and get to know some of our uh, our listeners. Unfortunately, and, by having them here, half of our listeners are now not listening. It's our, <laughs> our audience has dropped by about 50%. But, you know. Well, well, you know what, Scott? Most people do not catch it live. because I, I, I know, I know. I, I, I see the meter, nobody, but we have, we have like, I think now we're up to about 260 subscribers on the YouTube channel, so we do have a lot of people checking it out, and uh, and I think a lot of people uh, now are hopefully uh, just accessing the audio version, because I know we had some people asking for just the audio version, because it's hard to sit here for an hour to two hours just looking at it, so it's just better no, just to hear us. You this, know? Is cl- this is clearly the kind of thing you want to be doing, you know, household chores, washing the dishes, cooking dinner around. Exactly. Uh, oh, yeah, because we, we have such... Cool, Wholesome, good, clean dinner conversations. But, uh, and, uh, plus, face thanks for Thanks, for doing miniature painting. Ah! Exactly. There you go. He hey. says, uh, noting hey. the miniature table right there. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that being said, again, uh, thank you, Ford. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Chris, for, for joining us. Thank okay, you, uh, uh, you're very welcome. And uh, we'll probably do something like this again, and I'll probably follow the same kind of format. I'll decide that we're going to ask some people on. I'll put out the email. Hey, if anybody wants to join, first X amount of people get to be on. So uh, so we'll do that again. Uh, we'll have our show in two weeks. Uh, we'll are, talk. We shoot, are we shooting for Twilight with Frank, or are we going to do something else? Uh, we'll talk about it offline uh, right. during, well, during the week. Uh, you know, probably... But uh, we'll see, because I don't, I don't really have any strong inklings for any, any anything. Uh, the only other apocalyptic thing that's out there right now is uh, is the uh, Monsters Two. Yeah, I want to fucking. I, I haven't seen that. You haven't yeah. seen that. No, I haven't seen it yet. And uh, oh, also coming out tomorrow. I, I mentioned this is the last thing I'm saying. Coming out tomorrow is the big, uh, big. Um, what is it? Big, uh, big production. Who did the uh, big fish? Big no 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 big uh, big finish. Big you finish. Know, big finish. Who does the audio series? They do a lot of Doctor Who, and they yes. did the they did the Survivor series, which I mentioned when it came out last year in June. They did they did the Survivor's audio stories, which were very good. The season, series two comes out tomorrow, which is, happens to be my birthday, so I get a nice birthday present tomorrow by able. Nice. By able a to get post-apocalyptic birthday present. I'll be able to get myself a post-apocalyptic birthday present by ordering series nice. two of Survivors, which is uh, coming out. So, so that's it, folks. We'll see you again in two weeks. This is Jared Scott, and we had Colin, Ford, and Chris saying thank you and good night. We will see you in the wastelands. <laughs>